welcome to the Cultivating Calmness podcast. If this is the first time joining me, my name is Kayla Vance. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor located in Dublin, Ohio. And today I wanted to talk a little bit about anger. And we might call it the science of anger, um, but I'm not gonna talk in sciencey terms today. I just wanna talk a little bit about how anger works, what anger kind of looks like in you, your children, the people around you, so we can better understand how to work with it and how to address it in our daily lives lives. So I am a really visual person. And so if you are watching this podcast today, then I'm, I have at least one visual to show you, maybe two. Um, we'll see if I get to them and you may be able to see those in the video. Otherwise I'll do my best to describe them so you can, you know, imagine what those things look like in your head. Um, but when we think about anger, um, anger is never, you know, the primary emotion. So what I mean by that is that, you know, what we see if say our toddler is having a meltdown, you know, what we see is that anger, you know, the throwing, tantrum, kicking, screaming, you know, that is what we see. But the question is, what is underneath, right? What is happening before the anger that is causing the anger to come up to begin with. Think of it like a volcano exploding. Something is pent up, something is underneath the surface and the anger is what we see. The anger is the volcano exploding. Um, so this is the same for anybody, no matter what stage of life you're in. So if you're you know, toddler, uh, elementary school, teenager, adult, grandpa, you know, whoever, whatever, um, you're going to experience anger in a very similar way. So what I mean uh, when we think about what's underlying, think about um, like a pyramid or a triangle and the very top of the triangle, the tippy top, if we looked at that, the peak is the anger. The area in the middle would be all the underlying feelings. So what other feelings maybe came right before the anger, even if it's a split second, you know, you experienced another emotion before you experienced anger and or at the same time as your anger. Uh, and then what's at the very bottom, the base of the anger, we would say that that's a, uh, we're looking at the um, threats to your needs. Um, so your basic needs. So food, shelter, clothing, um, you know, responsibility, love and acceptance, um, your honor, um, and some of the others aren't coming to mind because I don't have my visual or my handout with me, but we're thinking about what are the things that are being threatened in your life um, that are causing you to feel unsafe, attacked, unloved, unfill in the blank, which then is followed by an emotion and then is followed by the secondary emotion, anger. So if we can look at the base of the pyramid. So I like to look at root cause uh, when I talk to clients and when I work with clients with, uh, you know, in mental health and counseling, I want to find the root cause. So the root cause of that anger, what started the anger? Where is it coming from? What, where is it building from? If we can answer that question, like if it was, um, you know, somebody said something to hurt your feelings, you know, I'm feeling really unloved feeling like you don't care about me, which then makes me feel sad, which then makes me feel frustrated. And now I'm angry with you. I'm trying to come up with a good example while I sit here and talk about it. But, um, you know, it may be that somebody has taken something of yours. And so 
it's your property and you feel like they have hurt you and disrespected you in some way and you're you're hurt by that you're shocked and now you're angry you're angry at them for doing that and maybe you want to retaliate you know or somebody has punched you and you're in a fight and maybe it's because you weren't expecting it and like well there's that shock factor oh my gosh like you hit me where did that come from and depending on who you are what the situation is any other number of feelings could come up and you've now threatened not only my physical safety but maybe my emotional safety maybe you've embarrassed me um, in front of my peers and i can't have that and i don't want that so I retaliate and I get angry and I punch you back and then we're off, right? We're in this fight. So thinking about where the anger is coming from and what other emotions are associated with it can really help you understand your child's anger and even your anger um, and being able to maybe come to a resolution a little faster. So that's um, visual one, which I did not have a printout or anything for uh, to share with you in the video form. Um, another thing that I often, uh, a visual that I give people is thinking about an iceberg. So if you know anything about an iceberg, picture an iceberg or the images that you've seen of an iceberg um, and think about anger being what is sticking out of the water and then everything else is under the water. And we use the iceberg for all kinds of things in the therapy world, um, you know, trauma, the things that we see and the things that we don't see, you know, grief, the, the things that we see on the outside and things that we expect. And then underneath is all the other stuff that we don't recognize, we don't think about, or we don't know about. Um, and we could go on and on and on about the examples of uh, like what an iceberg can represent. But when we think about anger, just think about that as well. What is underneath the surface that needs addressed so that we can heal the anger that is on top and address it? And whether it's coping skills, talking about it, you know, uh, replaying it, trying to understand, trying to help your, you know, significant other or your child or your student to work through something, we really want to understand the whole picture, not just, hey, you know, Tommy punched Matthew and uh, you both are in trouble. Well, let's find out what really happened. Let's break that down. The punching, yeah, not okay. And why? What happened? Did somebody threaten somebody? Was somebody upset? Was somebody having a bad day? And, it, you know, they exploded for something really silly and they were carrying around that baggage? Who knows? Um, so it's important for us to really address all the things um, when it comes to anger. Um, so one of the other visuals that I have, um, and I actually have a pr uh, printout. I made this one because, um, I use this a lot and I actually want to get it laminated for my practice because I pull this out frequently in sessions, usually with younger, um, you know, when I work with children and I'm talking to their parents about anger, but also with adults, uh, it's important for us to recognize how, our anger flows and how it works. So I learned this, I don't know, long time ago, six years ago, something like that. And I find that it really works and it makes sense to me. So I'm gonna share it. So if you are watching this, I have this um, picture of a bell curve. So if you don't know what a bell curve is, just think about like a hill with a mild point at the top. It goes up and comes back down and it's even on both sides. So a bell curve, that's what a bell curve looks like. And I'm gonna show you a little closer view. Okay, and so if, again, if you're looking, you can see this, but if you're just listening to this, 
when I think of anger, I'm going to describe first what's on the picture. So at the top of the bell curve, I have it in red and I call it the peak. So that would be your peak anger, the most angry that you can get. And on either side of the bell curve, that's where I've colored it in blue. And I've said, this is where you're cool, calm, and collected. So you're doing well, right? Things aren't bothering you um, anymore or haven't been bothering you. And then as you go up the curve, I have a little spot in green that I've written sweet spot. So keep all those things in mind as I talk through what this means um, in the anger kind of bell curve. So let's imagine that we're talking about a toddler, but again, this works for anybody. And I often say this with adults, think about a time when you were angry. If you are angry and somebody's trying to have a conversation with you, are you able to think clearly and speak rationally about whatever the topic is? If you answered no, you're being honest. <laughs> Personally, I've experienced it. I know that my children can't do it. I know that most people, you know, can't answer or respond rationally and calmly when they're angry. So what do we got to do about that? Well, we want to try to get your anger calmed down. You got to figure that out. So it's good to try to notice um, warning signs. So for some people, we can notice those warning signs. They build one on top of the other. And you just notice that your child or yourself, you're getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And usually there's that point of no return. And so that's where I say, there's a sweet spot. We have to catch your anger before you get to the point of no return. That's where we're implementing the coping skills. That's where we're trying to say, you know, trying to get you to regulate. We're not implementing consequences. We're not saying, calm down, stop it. Don't do that. Um, those things don't work. Just imagine yourself if you're listening to this. If you're upset and somebody's like, calm down, calm down, stop it. Does that make you want to calm down? Do you really want to stop? No, probably not. But if somebody were to instruct you or help you to calm down, then you might be able to do it, right? Take a deep breath with me. Or, um, you know, in another podcast, we can definitely talk about some mindfulness um, grounding techniques that are helpful for when we're elevated and escalated. Um, but anyway, so as you're going up the curve, you notice like you're starting to get angry and we want to try to catch it in this sweet spot. And if we can't catch it, some kids, some people are zero to 60. And if we don't catch it and they're up at the top, they're at the peak. Okay. The problem that we have and that I notice with a lot of parents, and sometimes I've had this happen, you know, in my home, um, and it's very frustrating. I know. So I definitely understand why this is hard. Um, but when a child, again, I'm going to use child, um, for this example, when a child say is very upset and they're at their peak anger. So I'm pointing at the top of the bell curve right now. Um, and I could be getting this wrong because it's been a while since I've looked at the uh, research directly, but I believe it's, you can be at your peak anger for a maximum of seven minutes. However, your peak can peak. And so we've all probably seen meltdowns where they just seem to go on and on and on and on forever. You know, I want to ask, like, is there anything that we're doing maybe as the parents to push that, to make it continue, to build it? some examples of how we as parents try to help, but it's not always very helpful. And every case is different, but in a lot of cases, it may be things like, if you don't stop, I'm gonna fill in the blank with the threat or the thing I'm gonna take away or the punishment that's going to ensue because your anger isn't calming down. 
And the anger right, response is what you're focusing on and not whatever it was that got them angry in the first place. Um, you know, sometimes it may be, you know, whatever they're doing, I've slammed a door. You know, I, I, I'm issuing out my punishment for you slamming the door. Oh, you just did, you know, you just said a cuss word. Here's another punishment. Every time we do that, we are peaking their anger peak and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and going on and on and on. This is not the time to do any of that, okay? There may be, a, there is a time and a place for that. It's not when they are up here, when they are elevated at the top of their anger and at their peak. They are not hearing you. They will not be able to stop. They're not going to be able to say, hmm, yeah, I probably shouldn't slam my door when I'm really mad. Um, that's not a good idea. I'm going to get in more trouble. No, they're not thinking clearly. They're running on emotions. Okay. So what we need to do in that, in that instance is we got sometimes we got to wait it out. Let them be, leave them in their lo in their room or wherever they are. If they're safe. If they're not safe, we have to figure out how to make them safe. Um, maybe it's a big bear hug. We're trying to implement coping skills. It doesn't matter what they did that was wrong that has gotten them so upset and frustrated and angry. In this moment, we are wanting to just calm them down. Uh, that's it, that's it. I don't care what they've done wrong. Yes, it's bad. Yes, maybe they need punishment. I am not saying not to issue a punishment if something is warranted. But let's get them back down the curve and into this cool, calm, collected space. And we wanna make sure we're there. Cause I don't know about you, but I've gotten here and thought my kids are in the cool, calm, collected. And then the moment I bring something up, they're shoop, back up to the top of their anger again. Okay. All right. Not the time. Continue to do coping skills. Maybe give it a little break, but make sure they know, Hey, when you're calm, we're going to come back to this. We got to talk about what just happened here and then talk about it. Address. Well, this is what I noticed. This is what I saw. This is what I tried to do as I'm going up the bell curve. I'm explaining it. This is how I saw you get angry. These are the things that you did when you were angry. This makes me, you know, fill in the blank, how it makes you feel like I'm not really happy about what you did. These are things that are not okay. And then I saw you come back down and you calmed down and we used these skills or you did this. Let them know what was good about how they were able to regulate um, and not coming down on them for, well, it took you half an hour. Nope. I like how you used your teddy bear and you gave him a hug and you took deep breaths. I like how you laid down and took a nap when you were mad. You know, whatever it was that was good, let's point that out because we want them to remember that that's what you do the next time. And same for you as an adult, if you're doing that, right? What did I do that was good? Let's not focus on the bad, right, you know, initially. And then when they're really super calm, let's talk about it. Hey, what happened, buddy? You know, I saw you getting angry. What, what caused you to get angry? Let's address that what's under the surface there, right? The bottom of the pyramid or the iceberg that's under the water. What happened that caused that anger to get up here to the top of the bell curve and cause you to explode, okay? So I really like this in explaining how anger works and how to calm it down and how to regulate it because it's a visual, I am personally a visual learner um, and I learn best by seeing things and explaining things. So um, if you're watching again, here, uh, I have the bell curve on the screen, but if you are listening, um, just think about the bell curve the next time somebody's getting angry and how we go up and over the bell curve. And when we're in the anger, we're in the peak, that's not the time to be issuing any reprimands, consequences, coming down on somebody, pointing out all the things that they've done wrong. That's the time to just regulate and focus. And then we can address all of that later. So, um, 
I hope that those things were helpful. I wanted to finish out with something that I've had. I've had this for I don't know how long and I don't remember when I saw the first one of these. Again, if you're watching, I'm going to show you what it is. If you're listening, um, you may have heard of them. They're called Damn It Dolls. Um, and they look like very simple dolls that are sewn together and stuffed pretty firmly. Um, and they have a little face sewn on them. Mine has two X's for eyes and a line for a mouth. And then there's a little poem, which I'm going to read to you. And so, yes, it does use the, the D word in here, but, um, I think it's funny and obviously I think it's more for fun. Um, and definitely for adults, we don't want to teach children. So if they're listening, you know, cover their ears or mute this, but I'm going to read the poem for you. Um, this is called the damn it doll. Whenever things don't go so well and you want to hit the wall and yell, here's a little damn it doll that you can't do without. Just grasp it firmly by the legs and find a place to slam it. And as you whack the stuffing out, yell, damn it, damn it, damn it. So just a really cute thing, um, you know, that we often talk about, uh, like with children, if you're angry, go punch your pillow. Don't punch the wall, go punch the pillow. Um, so this would be something like that, right? They can throw a stuffed animal um, if they're feeling that like aggressive type tendency. Uh, we want them to be safe doing it. We don't want them to get hurt. Ultimately, we'd prefer that they don't slam or break or hit or use a damn it doll for anything. But if they're going to, let's find a healthy, safe alternative for them to use or you yourself. So if you need a little damn it doll yourself at work and you know, the boss is just really making me mad, I can use my, I can use my little doll. And, um, I don't know, I haven't checked the website actually, but on the bottom, they have a website, www.dammitdolls.com. So, uh, they used to have like all kinds of prints and I know I saw this in a store. I don't think I ordered it. Um, and you can, oh, you could probably make your own if you really wanted to. So something cute, um, and this actually reminds me of some research that I read a while back talking about aggression and anger. Um, and I'm probably going to butcher this uh, research. But um, what I recall reading was that when um, they, they had like a room of, of people and they, I don't remember how they got them angry, but they got them angry for some reason. And then they were testing, you know, how, what skills really were more effective in helping them deal with their anger. And so for like one group of people, it was to punch a punching bag. And so they rate, you know, their level of anger before and after, and then like a certain time after. Um, I think there were three groups. The second group, I can't remember, it was to do something like journaling or breathing or, you know, um, something to, to talk about their anger. And then the third group was to do nothing. Um, and so which group, you know, is asked, which group do you think had the most, um, the less amount of anger, let's say like a half hour, an hour later. A lot of people think it's the one that had the aggression, right? Punching the punching bag. But that's actually wrong. They still had the most anger. Why? Well, what they, I believe the research came to find was that the group that did nothing, basically they were just asked to sit. And so maybe they were sitting and stewing, but they were sitting and thinking. They had time to think about what happened, what made them angry, and they were able to process that anger. And then when they rated their anger a little while later, their anger was a lot less than the other two groups. So 
I, again, I don't remember the um, research article. I'm sure I have it saved somewhere, uh, but that's what it talked about. And I think that's fascinating. And I find that to be true even myself. If I've you know, gotten angry with something, I may go do the dishes, do things, do stuff for a while. And as I'm doing, I'm thinking and rolling over what's happened, what's made me mad. And oftentimes, you know, I can feel differently than I did in the moment. Um, so it's given you that distance and that space from what happened to allow you time to think about it and allow you to regulate your system. So uh, I hope this was helpful. Thank you for joining me today on the Cultivate Calmness podcast. I look forward to talking again with you later. Bye.